You ready? Yep. How about you? Yep. Start it up. Welcome to episode 20.3, Van Top, brought to you by the Big Red Van. Each week, the guys address all angles of one topic with cultural relevance. This week, they talk about the recent plight that is hurricanes. How do they work? Where did they come from? What's the worst hurricane in history? And what's up with all these hurricanes lately? All the answers and plenty more. Welcome to the Big Red Van. guys here we are let's round out the night with a good talk about something that's been in recent news um first of all let's send out all of our thoughts and condolences to everyone that's been affected it's been a pretty historic event the last couple of weeks with a couple of hurricanes that have come into the united states all the people that have been affected evacuated and you know obviously the ones that have have lost their lives over it so we are going to take a van top van top look into hurricanes tonight and we're going to do the usual van way three different approaches from it hayden you're going to start us off with what the hell a hurricane is, how it works, and all the Hayden Haydenistic uh, science hey, behind it. That sounds like hedonistic, mm-hmm. and that sounds like <laughs> fun. Yeah, <laughs> we'll go we'll go Haydenistic <laughs> from here on out. It's they're about the same thing. Yep. All right, so um, schoolless. Very few events on Earth can rival the sheer power of a hurricane. So um, they're also known as tropical cyclones or typhoons. I always thought there was a difference there, but according to uh, how stuff works, it's not. See, and I thought that a typhoon, and this was just from something I'd heard, I thought it was always, if it was out in the Indian Ocean mm-hmm. or in a different ocean, oh, then it was more a typhoon. like the regional term mm-hmm. for it is probably Correct. more of what that is. Yeah. So that makes total sense. Uh, but these fierce kind of storms can turn seas into a, like, and I didn't realize this, but they can actually make water go up and down, like actual waves in the ocean where they are up to 50 feet plus and minus. Mm. Like just, just the churning of a, of a hurricane out in the ocean. Wow. 50 feet up and down um they redefine the coastlines and they can reduce whole cities to watery ruin as we've seen um some research researchers can even even theorize that the dinosaurs were even wiped out by hurricanes and this is a cool fact that i thought was neat so they actually refer to those as hypercanes and the reason that they were so fierce was when the asteroid because you know the consensus is the asteroid right comet right uh but when that happened that also heated up the oceans tremendously and warmer hotter water means more violence more strong hurricane and so that they think that on top of all the asteroid strikes that massive massive hurricanes like that we've never even on our even scales were hitting landfall back when the dinosaurs were alive yeah it was just massive disaster awful Mm -hmm. um so every year the world experiences a hurricane season uh during this period hundreds of storms systems spiral out of the tropical regions surrounding the the equator and between 40 and 50 these storms intensify into hurricane levels every year uh in the northern hemisphere this season's around june to november 30th so we're you know about halfway through hurricane season uh while the southern hemisphere generally experiences them from january to march um so about 75 percent of the year it's safe to say that someone somewhere is probably worrying about an impending hurricane right um so now i want to talk about kind of how it comes to be a hurricane so a hurricane really builds its energy as it moves across the the ocean it's sucking up warm
warm, moist tropical air from the surface and dispensing cooler air from the top of it, okay? Um, Think of it as the storm breathing in hot air and blowing out cold air out its top. The hurricane escalates until this breathing is disrupted, like when the storm makes landfall. At this point, the storm would quickly lose its momentum and power, um, but not without unleashing its wind speeds until they slow down of upwards of 200 miles an hour. Mm. Um, so I talked about kind of how, you know, it's really what makes a hurricane what it is, is moist, hot vapor and water, you know, again, starts in the equatorial waters of the Northern hemisphere and that warm air goes up when it gets up high, it turns cool, falls back down. And that effect of those two forces coming together, it makes them rotate, which is called the Coriolis force. Um, so one thing that is true, and I thought this was, I didn't realize this was the case is hurricanes spin counterclockwise in the Northern hemisphere and clockwise in the southern hemisphere i didn't know that why is that because of the coriolis force um i think it has more to do with the magnetic poles or something along those lines um but anyways so a hurricane starts as a low pressure storm like i said in the equatorial warm waters of about 80 degrees or more um and they can start as a tropical depression which is, you know, basically a storm with speeds less than 38 miles an hour. Um, Sustained, right? Sustained winds of less than 38 miles an hour. Um, and then, and, and this whole process can go from, take as short as hours or days to go from these different stages. Mm. Um, but then they classify it as a tropical storm if the wind speeds of that, uh, of that storm go from the 39 to 73 miles per hour range. And then a hurricane gets kicked in at 74 or higher. Between 80 and 100 tropical storms develop every year all around the world, but many of them die out before they can grow too strong. But about half of them eventually achieve hurricanes status so you guys want to know what makes all these categories of hurricanes let's 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 find out what those are all about there's differences in wind speed is what it would sound like so far pretty much uh so 74 to 95 is a category one that typically results in some flooding literal a little or no structural damage to most buildings category two is 96 to 110 miles an hour um and that's coastal roads will typically be flooded trees down roof damage shingles getting ripped off your house uh stage three is 111 to 130 mile an hour winds that's severe flooding structural damage in houses and your pretty much mobile homes are going to be destroyed a category four is 131 to 155 miles per hour winds with severe flooding inland some roads or i'm sorry some roofs ripped off and major structural damage to most of the buildings in the area and then a category five is severe flooding inward serious damage uh, including all wooden and concrete structures could have structural damage serious Mm. um so this and and what i thought was really cool is have you guys ever wondered how they name hurricanes or why they name them what they are i actually feel like i know the answer to this so i'm gonna let him go i i can't remember so it's kind of fun someone's Um, told me but i can't remember so during world war ii weather officials only gave hurricanes masculine names um these names closely followed radio code names for the letters of the alphabet uh this system like the west indian saint system drew from a limited naming pool in the early 1950s, weather services began naming storms alphabetically and with only feminine names. And then by the late 1970s, this practice was replaced with the equal opportunity system of alternating masculine and feminine names. Hmm. Equal opportunity naming. So uh, Alphabetically. 
uh, alphabetically. So the World Meteorological Organization, with the WMO, uh, continues this practice to this day. So the first hurricane of the season is given a name starting with the letter A, and then the second with the letter B, and so on. Um, as the storms affect varying portions of the globe, the naming lists draw from different cultures and nationalities. So hurricanes in the Pacific Ocean are assigned a different set of names than the Atlantic ones. For example, the first hurricane in 2001 of the 2001 hurricane season was a Pacific Ocean storm near Acapulco, New Mexico, and they named it Adolf. Um, the first Atlantic storm of the 01 season was named Allison. A predetermined list of names for potential future storms is available from the National Hurricane Center. Um, if, a cur- if a hurricane inflicts significant damage... A country affected by the storm can request that name of the hurricane be retired. So there's probably not going to be a Katrina or an Andrew or any of the others that we're eventually going to get into, I'm sure. They're definitely retired. Yeah, they're they're retired names. Um, And this helps to avoid public confusion and to simply keep a historical and illegal record keeping very clear. Last thing I want to touch on was, like, you know, global warming. That's kind of been the big thing right now going on with all these hurricanes is what what where does that play in this in this whole equation and so uh global warming of course the biggest factor in it is actually the oceans getting warmer and Mm. kind of what i described there a minute ago was what what makes a hurricane worse is more and more and more warm hot air and moisture coming up from the ocean so what do you think happens when you have warmer oceans expanding deeper or farther north and farther south hurricanes get worse Mm -hmm. yeah so um it's not crazy it just kind of is what it is but global warming doesn't make it any better hence the reason we've had some pretty whoppers lately yeah whoppers is right so um so Malcolm, you mean you're gonna tell us a little about some some crazy whoppers that we've seen in the past right yeah um five crucial ones of the past that <clears throat> maybe you've heard of and maybe you haven't um or maybe you remember something about them like where you were so um starting with the one one of the what they call the great storm of 1900 in galveston um which is right outside of houston texas this um hurricane happened to reach category four with a death toll of the the highest it's ever been for any hurricane with six to eight thousand people dying from it wow I'm yeah. sure in 1900 they didn't have preparedness and warning and things like that. Well, here's the thing. They, they you're right. don't have Doppler <clears throat> radar. And, they didn't have any technology to yeah. be tracking this hurricane, but they were warned by the U.S. Weather Bureau that there was going to be some sort of storm coming, um, and they didn't know what size it would be, but there was going to be some storm coming, and for any of the people in that area, because it's a very big touristy area, they warned them to get to higher ground and leave course no one took that warning therefore wow almost eight thousand people died the reason why that number isn't 100 percent is because so many people get lost in such a massive storm like that wow city happened to be nine feet above sea level at the time it reached 15 feet in flooding wow which, which meant the whole city is underwater completely underwater this is incredible but it is the worst weather related disaster in u.s history out of every weather disaster um our country has had that's the worst weather related wow and that's on terms of death toll second one is in 1969 which i believe is pronounced camille c-a-m-i yep. LLE. This one hits um, the Gulf area again, except closer to Mississippi, Alabama. So on the tracks of Pensacola, Florida too. But this happens to be the second most intense 
hurricane to strike the continental U.S., and that's based off of pressure of a hurricane. That's how they're basing that one. It reached winds of about 190 miles per hour, which is the highest ever recorded on U.S. land, and it was a Category 5, which going off of your... um, Yeah, meets right the criteria. Yeah, meets right (laughs) right on the criteria. They estimated that it did about $1.2 billion in damage, um, and 150 people died. I'm thinking if this is if a they side were obviously storm, much more prepared for this one. Yes, but I'm also <laughs> thinking that if Camille had happened uh, today, that uh, there would have been a lot more damage because I don't think in 1969 those areas of like Biloxi, Mississippi, and whatnot were as developed as they are today. There definitely weren't as many like skyscrapers and giant condo buildings and all that. All sort of along stuff, the beach. All along the beach. Exactly. Brings us to our third one, Hurricane Andrew in 1992. Do you guys happen to remember this one? Because I have no idea. I mean, briefly. Yes. <clears throat> I mean, I don't remember all the details. Like I, I could like, tell you about it, but I remember it yeah. being like one of the most devastating of all time. Yeah, for sure. It was actually also a Category 5, um, which is one of the three hurricanes that has hit Amer- um, continental U.S. at Category 5. There's been plenty that have reached Category 5, but don't actually hit landfall at that time but this one hit south florida with wind up to 175 miles per hour and has killed 65 people so the reason why it's not higher is because population in miami wasn't as high in 1992 as it is in 2017 right but they estimated this one to do about 26 billion um dollars in damage wow yeah yeah hurricane andrew changed the way that they do uh struck con- construction and build buildings and businesses and things in all of mm. florida I and mean, especially all of south florida hurricane andrew i mean in the early 90s i was they it reshaped the way that we looked at the future going into construction that's crazy so the fourth one i can remember knowing plenty about actually because of how many people traveled up from that area after the hurricane hit and that is and from 2005 hurricane katrina um this one was at a was at category three when it was in the gulf but happened to also hit at category five that's crazy it changed like a, that fast yeah in the, in the gulf two categories in the gulf inside the gulf which is ridiculous mm-hmm. um it ranged 400 miles across which is mind-blowing to me how how massive that storm is it is actually ranked as the highest costliest hurricane reaching over a hundred billion dollars in damage this is ridiculous I didn't know this, but 80% of New Orleans was actually underwater because of it. Yeah, 80%. It below sea level. Yeah. Yeah. 80%. Oh, my gosh. That's ridiculous. Under feet of water. We're talking like 8 to 10 feet of water. Mm-hmm. About 90,000 square miles was damaged or was affected by this storm. Killed nearly 2,000 people. They're estimating about 1,800 something. And, of course, the rest are lost. But that that one is probably the most I went down there in 2006 going into 2007 Mm. right around the new year's and man it was still awful down there yeah like I went to like downtown you know Bourbon Street all that stuff like and man it was it was rough yeah I got like almost wiped off the map man like I mean everywhere you went it smelled terrible like like mildew water damage Mm. like that kind of smell everywhere you went Hmm. There would be neighborhoods where it was just like abandoned homes where, you know, insurance claims on those places, Mm -hmm. but they're still just condemned buildings where they're just, they were all sitting in eight feet of water. You know, it's, 
It's ridiculous. It was insane. There was about four or five different lists I look at. I looked at for top ten hurricanes as far as damage goes and death toll, and the Katrina was always ranked number two, right behind the first one I mentioned in Galveston. But that's ridiculous, and it was only twelve years ago that this happened. Um, two thousand five was another costly hurricane, but it was because of the area it actually hit. Um, the Hurricane Sandy from twenty twelve. Um, oh yeah. Happened to kill 147 people. Didn't know this, actually, but the New York Stock Exchange closed for a couple of days because of it. It had reached its way all the way up the coast. I remember President Obama stated a, mentioned a state of emergency for a couple of the states up there, but it reached $75 billion worth of damage. Wow, uh, I don't damaged, remember yeah. Sandy being that bad. Dude, it was bad. Because yeah. it's hitting big cities up there. Yeah. Jeez. I remember when I went up to New Jersey to help out after Hurricane Sandy with the company. <clears throat> we we went to help out because a bunch of the people that work with the company had their houses ripped apart. Really? And their cars taken away and all of that with Hurricane Sandy. And I will never forget. Granted, I grew up in Kansas where I saw a lot of tornado damage mm. where <clears throat> you would see the reality of driving down the road. And you would see two houses right next to each other. One of them totally wiped off the foundation by the tornado and the next, the one right next door not even touched. And for that to be a reality and a very sobering picture for you to look at and see, uh, that's what happened on when I drove to, through New Jersey on a kind of a sightseeing day when we were off work. I chose not to go into the city because I didn't want to do it without Steph because I'm that hopeless romantic type that didn't want to go into New York City mm. without my wife. But I went driving around to see the damage instead why I was there. I was there to help people that were hurricane victims and i'm thinking hurricane victims in new jersey i gotta see this and i literally there were piles of trees that were just lined along one entire side of a neighborhood while the entire entire other side of the street looked perfect it was it was insane it looked just like a scene out of something you would see from one of those overhead helicopter shots you see it just looks like it's leveled on one side and then fine on the other it was crazy it's ridiculous that's what i remember from sandy yeah it wasn't even a Category 4 or 5. It only reached up to Category 3, but because of the area it hit is the reason why it did so much damage. It reached all the way up to eastern Canada, actually. It was that high. So those are the past five that I got that are pretty crucial in history. I know I left out a couple like Hurricane Wilma and Hurricane Ike, but... Hurricane Hugo. Hugo as well. Irene. There's, I mean, there's been so many. Uh, we could talk for a million years if we were talking about all of them in, in a deep dive, but I'm going to go into Harvey and Irma, the two that are, you know, most, you know, on the forefront of our minds. And uh, Hayden said something about possibility of retiring names. Well, uh, Harvey's going to get his name retired, that's for sure. Uh, he was a named storm for over 117 hours, which is close to a record because, you know, you talked about the different categories. They, once they drop from you know tropical depression they lose their name and things like that and it goes very quickly once a storm hits land and it dissipates yeah the second you take away that rising warm water it 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 loses all of its guff unless it's just some special kind of storm like some of them that he's named uh, you know were but harvey started as a tropical wave which is a you know level of a storm uh, off the coast of africa which is generally where most of the hurricanes that we see start yep generally off the west african coast and it started off there uh, in early august became tropical storm harvey on august 17th passed through the lesser antilly islands going up and down in strength and it went through something that you didn't talk about quite uh, that i didn't hear anyway about an eye wall change uh sometimes 
the hurricanes throughout their growth and if you were watching it through on on the doppler radar they literally change out their eye Hmm. so if you're watching it happen on the radar it'll look like if you've ever seen the slow motion or the microscope video of twins like cells splitting splitting, yeah that's exactly what it looks like with the eyes changing it's it circles up once and circles up and then it becomes a half and then it becomes another full one Hmm. It's crazy. So it did that a couple of times, and it got really strong because of it, and passed over the Yucatan Peninsula in Mexico before ramping into a Category 4 and heading towards us. So there was extreme rapid intensification of Harvey over a 56-hour period due to favorable favorable winds in the warm ocean water that you talked about. Um, The scientific terms for it are low wind shear and high oceanic heat. So low wind shear, meaning I've always kind of been curious of what that means. They talk about it a lot with her uh, tornadoes and straight line winds or storms we get. But low wind shear just simply means change in wind speed, direction, or height. Right. And if that's very low in a hurricane, then it's going to have intense speeds. Yeah. Because the change in those things is not there. It's a constant speed, meaning sustained winds. You know, like they have to get these categories to have... A sustained wind means, by definition, a wind that's one minute or longer at that speed. So for them to be a Category 5, they have to have a 170-mile-an-hour wind for a minute straight, which is just incredible. Imagine being the guy out there holding up the thing, you know, like, I've almost got it! Right, I really liked liked your analogy of breathing. Uh, But the way that I thought about it was the top of the hurricane kind of acts as... Uh, an exhaust vent you know think about your fart fan in your bathroom <laughs> like it that's the top of the hurricane and it's sucking the warm air up and it's mm-hmm. expelling the cold air out the top like right. what you were saying so then it, the, it's going over really really warm water and of course they grow really strong over that warm water you mentioned the reasons <clears throat> global warming as to why the water's a lot warmer but it's not even that the water's warmer it's that it's warmer deeper than it has ever been and in the farther past. north and farther south they're talking about the water if you were to look at a like thermographic scan of the ocean over that area of the gulf the water is a certain temperature at least a hundred feet deep so therefore it's just sucking up and sucking up all of that water you mentioned a wave that can vary in feats of 50 you know, or in, in variances of 50 feet up or down. Mm-hmm. And if that water is the same temperature of all that 50 feet, the hurricane's not going to be sucking up anything cooler. Nope. Again, more and more reason for quick and rapid intensification of these storms these days. I hope that that kind of paints the picture as to how crazy Harvey was able to get that quick. Yeah. And when it changed its pattern and hooked that quick left right for Houston, that's when it was like, ah. They, uh, you know, another thing I was bringing up, I meant to bring up in that is also the West Coast. You know, the West Coast hardly ever gets hit with a hurricane because majority of the water coming down the West Coast is from the north to south, and it's cold water. Mm -hmm. So therefore, hurricanes don't generally churn up a bunch of power in cold water like that. They just get El Nino. Correct. But a thing that's been slowly, you know, but they still get hurricanes from time to time. They're just not super powerful like they are on the Gulf side. But they're good they're 
suspected to become more and more prevalent as that water out there, even though it's being fed from up north, is still its global mean temperature is rising. It's getting warmer. Yeah. And so the potential of hurricanes <clears throat> on the west coast, like hitting places like Hawaii and California and things like that, are going to be more and more possible. Right. Which mm. is not a good thing. Well, Harvey landed near Rockport, Texas, on the Texas Gulf Coast Friday, August 25th spun in place for about 36 hours before exiting back out into the Gulf and then making landfall again in Cameron, Louisiana. Extremely slow movement is what had to, led to all the devastation in Harvey. Mm. I talked about that illustration a couple episodes back of water. If it was placed in a cube, the amount of water that would have required in the cube would have been a four square miles, two miles down, two miles wide, two miles up would have filled that much water and it ended up being around 21 trillion gallons of water that was dumped from harvey you're talking about just from rain just just from rain well yeah not not like <clears throat> tidal surges or anything like no, that. no this like is just rain. rain this is just rain and i'm gonna go through the inches that were dumped in all these different cities That's uh, really so quick much. uh but maximum sustained winds on land i defined what sustained winds were a second ago 130 miles an hour hmm crazy uh port aransas texas had 132 mile per hour gusts capanna village saw 125 rockport 108 um, water level rise was measured at 6.7 feet in the houston area the only other category it, the only other category four to hit texas was the famous the famous storm called the indianola from 1886 which turned uh indianola texas into what's now a non-existent town mm. <laughs> so, yeah doesn't exist anymore so uh, from august 26th to august 30th Harvey was a metaphorical fire hose just shooting water all over Texas and Louisiana, causing record floods. Um, initial numbers, like I said, showed 52 inches of rain near areas like Houston and Highland, Texas, which would beat the record of uh, 48 inches of rain from Hurricane Amelia in 1978. So uh, Houston downtown and the suburbs got between 30 and 50 inches, causing the entire metro area to be underwater. Harvey caused two of Houston's five heaviest calendar day rainfalls, and 70, uh, 70% of the county was under at least a half a foot and a half of water so houston is you know the third or fourth biggest city in the united states did and 70 percent of the county was under a foot and a half of water are you about to tell me this number but did you not also bring up the uh, ratio of what that would mean if it was snow yeah well i won't tell it to you but just as a refresher one inch of rain equals 13 inches of snow okay all right so a foot and a half of rain would be how much snow? Do the math. I have to type that in the calculator. 18 inches of rain. What's 18 times 13? Uh, 18 times 13 is 234. That'd be 20 feet of snow. 20 feet of snow. <laughs> oh my goodness. The entire county would be under 20 feet of snow. So that's just a, it's a reference. But 19 different National Weather Service ri river gauges on the Brazos, Colorado, and Guadalupe rivers were broken <laughs> wow <laughs> harvey caused flooding problems all the way through arkansas up into here in tennessee and in kentucky i didn't realize that it affected nashville as bad as it did necessary evacuations in the nashville metro area due to the white's creek brown's creek and mill creek um am i the only one that thinks white white's creek brown's creek and mills creek in a southern <laughs> city is kind of odd just a, just a little bit <laughs> this is the white's but, creek anyway um <laughs> 
it was called one of the most prolific tornado producing tropical cyclones in history still trying to verify the total number of tornadoes that were spawned because of harvey Mm. uh the amount of cities that broke record rainfalls uh rainfall records their one day totals two day totals and four day totals is quite amazing um Port Arthur, Texas, which I hope you know this, but all my friends back home will know where who is the star of Port Arthur, Texas. That would be Pimp C <laughs> of UGK. <laughs> Pimp C and Bum B were from Port Arthur, Texas. Anyway, Port Arthur got 26 inches in one day on August 29th alone, uh, doubling the record of one-day rainfall that was set 94 years ago for them. Total for uh, four days of 47 inches, 25 inches more than their previous four-day record. Jeez. That's just talk about stats. That's just Port Arthur, Texas. That's just that one that one city. So then there, uh, the other big thing to come from Harvey was the J.J. Watt Fund. Mm, that you, was cool. You heard about the J.J. Watt story? That was very cool. So he started a crowdfunding page with his initial goal being $200,000 to try to raise $200,000 to help families displaced from Harvey, mm-hmm. right? And the last time I looked, it was at like $33 million or something like that. Gah. Yeah, I knew so, it was over 30 mil. It went after it went v- viral. I mean, I think it was 2 days it went to 12 million. It went from 200,000 to 12 million. It was we hit our goal and then it was we're at 12 million, now we're at 16 million, now we're at cuz he kept releasing all these videos on Twitter, on Instagram, yeah. giving updates of where they were, but people here's a list of people that have donated for, to the JJ Watt fund. And first of all, good for him. You know, whatever you think of JJ Watt, he's a hell of a dude. Yeah, for wh- sure. Hell of a dude some people think that his you know persona and all that's fake and it's all not genuine but the jj watt hate will forever stop now after this but um ellen degeneres jimmy fallon kevin durant all gave a million dollars drake gave two hundred thousand. the new york giants gave a million dollars sandra bullock and leonardo dicaprio each gave a million dollars miley cyrus gave half a million tyler perry gave a million kardashians gave half a million a bunch of different corporations combined to give around 141 million dollars 63 companies gave a million dollars or more a list of some of them verizon google coca-cola ibm shell bank of america and jp morgan so bunch of people chipping in to help out with harvey and then here comes irma yeah chugging her ass right up you know right behind it and then taking a right and heading towards florida so irma is on record as one of the strongest ever storms with one of the biggest spans i think it was you said katrina had five four four hundred mile mm-hmm. range mm-hmm. uh and that's what irma irma was like 415 420 miles wide Jeez. so if you think about it the state of florida is only 180 or 185 miles wide at its widest point at the peninsula so it's more than double the size of the florida panhand or the florida peninsula so coming in there strong <laughs> Uh, strongest since Andrew that you listed hit in 1992 at the highest wind speeds of Irma had 185 mile per hour oh sustained winds at its wall. And granted, we didn't see that Irma in Florida, but the islands did. The Caribbean yeah. islands and all those places did. Uh, it developed again near the Cape Verde Islands as a tropical wave again off of the African coast. We came a Category 2 within 24 hours due to the same favorable conditions we talked about that fueled Harvey. It went through eye wall changes as well and it popped up as a cat five with 185 mile hour winds on uh, September 5th. Passed over Cuba as a category three, rose back up to a category four, and it hit landfall at the Florida Keys with winds of 135 as a category four. Um, and then when it made in, it came inland somewhere around Naples in on the actual peninsula side. Mm-hmm. And 
it had wind speeds there of around 100. The catastrophic damage mostly came to the Caribbean islands uh, when it was at max strength. Like I said, as a Category 5. Richard Branson, the billionaire. Yeah. Mogul, owner of Virgin Airlines. And what else oh, does yeah. he own? Virgin is his Virgin, company. yeah. He's, he's a Virgin mogul. But uh, British Virgin Islands. He actually owns an island on the British Virgin Islands. Mm-hmm. How funny is that? Uh, I don't know if that's kind of how his name got out there or anything. But uh, they were holing up in their wine cellar of their <laughs> island while the storm came barreling over him so that was kind of crazy and then he comes out and then the entire island's wiped away oh my goodness you would think someone that rich would be like yeah i'm just gonna hop on my plane and fly out yeah exactly and and we're gonna go spend the weekend in uh denver you know <laughs> like you know what i mean like let's just go somewhere where we're not gonna have to worry about this but i've never heard of the island of barbuda have you heard of barbuda is that his island i know but it's an island that there was 30 billion dollars in damages whoo and probably the, a bunch of resorts the mayor deemed it uninhabitable 95 percent of the structures on the island hmm. were wiped away wow uninhabitable yeah wow what do you do with something like that 95 percent of the place that you live state think of the 95 percent of the state got wiped away and we didn't have a choice of another state to go to wow where do you even start with something like that waves in puerto rico were well over 30 feet high oh my goodness we've heard of antigua before just as a you know vacation destination over a billion dollars in damage uh and antigua and it's antigua saw got hit like right at the eye wall yeah they were closest to the eye wall saint martin and saint bart's which are french owned islands 1.4 billion dollars in damage and between 60 percent 60 to 90 percent of all structures on almost all of the caribbean islands were destroyed totally Oh my gosh, what? Devastating. So we talked about how, you talked about how it's kind of rare for the storms to get their names retired. Well, we had two that'll get retired that came within a week of each other. Yeah. August 25th, and I guess what, 10 days, August 25th. September 5th hmm. were, the, were the duration between two of the strongest storms in history. So and I really feel bad for And Jose Caribbean. is coming. I don't know if you've looked at the projections. There's another one that's churning right now. It's called Jose. He's chilling out well, there. G.I. Jose. I-J. <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll see what happens with that one. I didn't look up a whole lot on that one, so I don't feel comfortable talking about it, but he's coming. I think aimed, there were two behind Irma. Right? Jose, isn't there another one behind Irma? Well, there was another one that came about the same time. It's called Katya. <laughs> I like that word. Mm. But it hit Mexico. Did a bunch of damage in Mexico. Mm. So it just didn't make it up to Texas, but it, it hit Mexico. Mm. They're coming, man. And they're, they're all Cat 3 to Cat 5, so they're not these small ones. I say small ones with 75-mile-an-hour winds. Like a lot that's of buildings, just But a lot of buildings these days are, you know, take Can a lot take of that, that stuff into consideration. Yeah. Nobody takes in consideration 130 to 180 mile an hour winds. Yeah. Wow. So I know we're not experts on hurricanes, but with it being so much in the news and it being so crazy, like I just said, of the intensity being ramped up. I mean, this was Irma was the first tornado, tornado, first hurricane in 12 years to hit Florida, period. And for it to be so strong of a hurricane and to be the first one and to be such a strong one, it's obviously showing that something's going on in the water. So maybe it's all these damn nuclear tests. Maybe we can blame it on uh, North Korea with all their, their nuclear tests no, and missile tests. No, I'm, I'm going to blame it on uh, greenhouse gases. <laughs> yeah, we could do that too. So anybody, anyway, everybody, I hope that you were able to learn something. Maybe if nothing else, it made you more curious about the world around you and kind of what's going on. So thanks again for joining us for this Van Top, and we're going to catch you on the next one. <laughs>